Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to the Talk with Micah and Friends. And, yes, it is definitely me, Micah. I am so very happy to be back with you guys um, for yet another episode. This is actually episode number 20, to be be exact. Um, We will actually have one more episode, of which will round out our very first season. Um, You know, I have so many great things happening during the summer that I'm so excited about. And after episode 21, I actually will be taking a one-month break. You know, I'm going to take that break to work on some various upcoming projects that I'm, you know, I'm working on, as well as to focus on bringing you an even bigger and better season for what I know will be a hot summer, literally, okay? Um, So stay tuned for that. I also want to thank all of you who have continued supporting me in this project. I want to give a special thanks to Taji Iman and Aju Dupree of the Facebook Lip Sync Challenge. Swerve Magazine, Tag Team of Philly, NBA, NBU, Continental, and Westland Patentry Systems, um, Ignite DC, The Firm, and last but certainly not least, Philly Black Gay Pride. Um, I want to especially thank Deontis Keys, who just happens to be, you know, my partner and the vice president of the Philly Black Gay Pride organization. Um, I want to thank you guys for rolling out the red carpet on last weekend for for the Pride and opening me up to a different side of gay pride, okay? So, you know, needless to say, I look forward to next year's event. And I also look forward to D.C. Pride, which will be held May 23rd through May 26th. So, you guys, if you haven't started your um, your travel arrangements and things of that nature, definitely, um, you know, get those started, you know, because it is a grown and sexy weekend. So, I cannot wait and cannot wait to see my friends. Um, but remember, you can subscribe to the show via iTunes by going to the iTunes store on your computer or your laptop and entering simply the talk with Mike and friends. Or you can use the Purple Podcast app on your iPhone device and subscribe for free there as well, okay? All right. And before we go to our next segment, I just want to, you know, have a moment of silence for one of my special divas in the drag female impersonation industry, um, Miss Taj Mahal of Chicago, Illinois. Um, We actually lost Taj on April 19th, and we will surely miss her warm smile, her gentle hellos, her love for the art and most of our food. Um, Taj is a former Miss Continental Plus. Uh, she won that title in 2007, and a former Miss Gay U.S. of A. at large, of which she won in 2008. So at this time, I would like to take a brief moment of silence in remembrance of the lovely Taj Mahal. Well, you know what time it is, right? It is now time for the free and clear, free and clear, free and clear segment. Oh, 
All right. Well, I have just a few announcements, and then we'll get right on to the meat of our um, of our show today. I want to say give a, a couple of congratulations before I start the announcements. I want to congratulate Genesis, Genesis Ross St. James at Kamora Lexington Heights on capturing the titles of Mr. and Miss East Coast International Newcomer 2014. I want to congratulate Armani Nicole Davenport on winning Miss Duval Plus 2014. Congrats to you, darling. The Lady Sharice of Miami, Florida, on winning Miss Continental Elite, such a sweet woman. And Taji Iman of Atlanta, or the Lady Taji Iman of Atlanta, Georgia, on winning Miss Continental Plus 2014. Congrats, congrats, and congrats. Men's Fashion Week of Chicago presents Hashtag. An Andrew Christian Underwear Day Party to be held June 21st, 2014 at the Sawtooth Nightclub in Chicago, Illinois on West Randolph Street. The time it will be held from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. hosted by supermodel Brian Nee and featuring the men of Team Hardbody. So come out, take photos with the models and the celebrities, and enjoy some exclusive giveaways and signature cocktails. Again, Men's Fashion Week of Chicago presents Hashtag an Andrew Christian Underwear Day party. That should be nice and interesting. Uh, Mr. Florida Icon Continental Pageant, preliminary to Mr. Continental, will be held Monday, June 16, 2014, in St. Petersburg, Florida. On Monday, June 16th, the registration will be at 6 p.m. with interview to follow, okay? And some of those, uh, some of the people that will be entertaining you guys will be uh, none other than the reigning Mr. Continental himself, Khalil Valentino, the reigning Mr. Gay US of A and former Mr. Continental, Christopher Iman, uh, Mr. Florida Icon Continental 2011, Mr. Kayvon Iman, and Jasmine Skye, who is, who is the current Southeast All-American Goddess, okay? Pageant will start promptly at 9 p.m. and will be held at the Flamingo Resort in St. Petersburg, Florida. All right. The Mortgage Man presents Ain't Too Proud to Beg, a gospel stage play, a compelling, hilarious, heart-stopping story of love, lies, betrayal, and forgiveness will be held Sunday, May 11, 2014. They're going to have two shows at 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. in Clayton County at the Clayton County Performing Arts Center in Jonesboro, Georgia, not too far away from Atlanta, okay? So I'll actually post the information on the Facebook page so you can, you know, get your tickets. And my, my brother, my biological brother, will actually be um, in the play as well, so I'm excited about that. And I may have to tip in and, and see what's going on there. All right. Um, Mr. Miss and Plus Tennessee Continental will be held Sunday, May 18, 2014, at 8 p.m. at the play. Um You'll be honoring uh, Khalil Valentino, Mr. Continental, and Nacia Lopez, Miss Continental, and Venus Knight, Miss Tennessee Continental. Registration is going to be held at 2 p.m. Again, the pageant will start at 8 p.m. promptly, over $2,500 in cash and in prizes. And let's not forget, you get that famous and that infamous ticket to Mr., Miss, and Plus Continental. All right? And last but certainly not least, Miss Amazon MBU. Starring Tamara Chevalier, who's the reigning Miss Amazon MBU and the reigning Miss MBU Grand. It'll be held Sunday, May 4th, 2014, at the hotel formerly known as the Holiday Inn Select off Capitol Avenue, okay? Categories to include presentation, that's white, sportswear, evening gown, talent, question and answer, entry fee is $125, registrations at 11 p.m. Pageant starts at 7, and the admission is only $20. For more information, you can contact Tanil, Monty Mocha, Mario Moody, or Kay Bankhead. Well, guys, that's actually it for the free and clear, free and clear, free and clear segment. If you have any announcements that you would like to, you know, be announced in the free and clear segment, you can email me 
at thetalkwithmicah at gmail.com, or you may hit me up on Facebook, Micah Pierce Lord, or go to the Talk With Micah and Friends Facebook page. Up next, we'll have the infamous, the former adult entertainment star, Trap Boy. So stay tuned, guys. HIV AIDS is not the same epidemic it was 30 years ago, but it's far from over. You see, even today, right here in the U.S., someone is infected with HIV every nine and a half minutes. Imagine the day when new HIV infections are a thing of the past. Listen, ending HIV is not magic. All of us have the basic tools to end the epidemic. Break the silence. Talk to family, friends, church, your community, and coworkers. Be a role model. Take the 20 minutes to get tested and encourage others to follow your lead. If you're HIV negative, take steps to stay negative. If you're HIV positive, protect yourself and others. If you're HIV positive, talk to your doctor about HIV treatment while you're still feeling well. Get involved. With all of us fighting stigma and discrimination, we will turn the tide. It's within our grasp. We have the tools. It takes all of us. HIV ends with us. Because HIV ends with us. Well, welcome back to the talk with Micah and friends. And as stated earlier, this is episode 20, titled The Untold Story, The Unadulterated Truth. Um, back in February, I actually interviewed a few adult entertainers regarding the business on and off the camera. And while I thought that I would get the unadulterated truth, honestly, I left not feeling 100% about what was presented throughout the course of the night. And even though it is still my highest show to date, with well over 36,000 streams, which is a lot. I wanted to bring back one of those young men who I felt could lay the law of the land down when it pertains to the truth of the business and even shed light on their own journey within the adult entertainment industry, better known to many as the gay porn industry. So, once again, welcome back to the show, the infamous Trap Boy. Welcome back, sir. What up? Uh, I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy life once again to sit down and talk with me regarding the entertainment business, um, the relationships within it, and your part in the industry. So we'll go ahead and start off with those. You know, some people may still have not listened to um, the show back in February, so, you know, I always like to start out by getting a little history. So if you can, tell us when and why did you start doing porn? Um, I started back in 2007. I uh, hit some hard times uh, and couldn't find a job. Um, so I had a friend that was actually in the industry, and mm-hmm. he put me on to um, Thugzilla. Um, okay. Thugzilla came came to my house, and we met, and he just sat down with me, told me what would happen, actually what I wanted my name to be. And I told him, um, Trap Boy. And, yeah, it basically took off from there. I did it for about three months towards the end of the year in 2007. And then I took the money that I had made and I moved to um, New Jersey. And I stopped for about about three years. Um, I came back in 2010. um, I was at home and I was sitting down and I was, you know, looking on the different porn sites or whatever and came to a particular website where 
they were selling my very first DVD, uh, which featured me and Mr. Zaki. And okay. that that video was still like number. Um, it was the top fifteen, and that video was like number fourteen three years later. So oh, wow. I was like, okay, well, yeah. I was like, this time, um, I was like, yeah, that's for making money off of it. So. I can still be doing it and make more money than I was before since I see I'm still, you know what I'm saying, um, hot. Um, mm-hmm. So I got in touch with a few people, and, yeah, I started back. Okay. Well, let's talk about the brand, and you did talk about something that I want to I bring up right after this particular question, but let's talk about the brand that is Trap Boy. So who assisted you in creating the brand that we now know as Trap Boy? And I heard you say, you know, you came up with the name Trap Boy, but where did the actual name come from? How did you actually come up with Trap Boy? So let's talk about the brand um, and let's talk about the name. <laughs> okay. Um, it, it, I always imagine what I would be like if I was a, a dope boy, if I, you know what I'm saying, if I sold weed or if I sold coke, um, you know what I'm saying. I, I thought in terms of that, so... Um, it, it just popped out. It didn't take me long. I just, it just immediately came to me, and that's, yeah, we rolled with it. Now, as far as who helped me build it, mm-hmm. um, I think it was a few people. Um, so Zilla had his part in it um, because he was the one who taught me. You notice in my videos how vocal I am and um, how I'm always saying my name and stuff like that. That was stuff that he told me to do. Um, okay. On the other hand, as far as the business aspect of it, and, you know, just the, the ins and outs of it on the, like I said, the business side, that would have to be Q from the, uh, the, the last company that I worked with. Okay. Now, your relationship um, with Thugzilla, because he's the one that kind of, you know, put you in the business, for, so to speak, or, or helped you, um, is that relationship still a good relationship today? Yeah, we still talk. I mean, yeah, he's not, I don't, we don't have any uh, quarrels. Okay, okay, cool. We may even talk about the quarrels later on. But uh, let's, talk okay. about mo- <laughs> let's talk about money um, because, you know, I've heard, of course, you know, I'm not in the industry, in it, I'm not in the industry or anything of that nature, but I've always heard, you know, you know, people getting paid little to nothing to, to do with, and I'm getting, then I'm hearing people getting paid um, some, you know, uh, some good money to, to, do the, to do gay porn. So let's talk about money. When you first started out, you know, what was really the figure? You don't really have to say pinpoint the actual figure, but maybe like, you know, 200 to 5, or, you know, like what were the figures then? And then as your name progressed and you got, you know, a little bit more famous in the actual industry, where did it, you know, where did it end up for you as far as money? Um, simply because it is my past, and I mm-hmm. told you that I would be completely honest during the uh-huh. Um, I'm going to stick to that. So, no, I'll tell you exactly. <laughs> okay. um, when I first started in 2007, um, mm-hmm. I made shit. I made, I think the most I ever made in 2007 was probably $300. And, again, I did it for, like, three months back then. I think I did, in those three months, I think I probably did about, um, uh-uh, I probably did about 12 scenes within that time frame. So, okay. um, yeah, the highest was 300 now. When I came back, it was a totally different story. Um, now, now let me stop you. Was was it three hundred per scene or just three hundred dollars in three months? No, three hundred dollars per scene. Okay, gotcha. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, and and again, that wasn't always the case. Sometimes it was two hundred. <laughs> okay, okay. It, it was. It wasn't always um, that, but yeah, the lowest was two hundred, and the highest was. Um, 
300. But anyway, so but when I came back, it was different. Then it started going up to 450, 500. And when I got with the last company that I worked with, it mm-hmm. went all the way up to I, – I can remember a few months where I pulled in about $3,000 um, because I was getting paid um, – it would equal out to about 1200 per scene, and then I would get paid for the, like if we would go on trips, I would get paid for that. Mm-hmm. I would get paid for the appearances. I would get paid for editing um, the material that went on the particular website. So, yeah, I would make a nice little penny um, when I came back. It was way different from when I initially started. Okay. And I remember we talked about um – I don't know if you answered the question or one of the other um, guys answered the question, but we talked about um, the contracts and how, you know, for me, not knowing really much about the industry, I was thinking, oh, well, you know, you do a video. The video is, you know, they have the rights for about four, five, maybe seven years, and after that, you know, uh, you, your old videos are not necessarily have to, you know, they can be taken off the shelves if, if you request it or whatever the case may be. But from my understanding from that particular conversation we had was that once you've done the video, I mean, it can go for 20 years. It can go for however how long they want it to. So is that is that really the case? Yes, that is the case. Um, now, as for me, mm-hmm. um, I had the option to start Trap Boy Entertainment with the last companies that I was with. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that case, then the videos that would have came from that site, then, yes, I would have got a percentage of that for the rest of my life. But as for the videos that I did for his website, no, those uh-huh. are his. I have no right to those whatsoever. Um, now, like someone else said on that show, mm-hmm. I could buy those videos from him, but that would cost so yeah, much. Yeah, a whole lot, right. He, he probably – I couldn't even see him actually doing that. So, right. um, yeah, but then, too, as far as, like, contracts are concerned – Usually when you go on to, a, to do a scene, um, you sign one contract for, you know what I'm saying, that particular scene, and then that's just it. You're basically signing your life away. Um, okay. As for me, when I was with the last company that I was with, I was their first exclusive model. So I signed a different type of contract for a period of six months where it guaranteed me a certain, num- a certain amount of shoots per month, a certain amount of pay, um, a certain amount of trips, uh, photo shoots, stuff like that. Okay, okay. Now we all have, you know, we all have goals, and wh- whatever we aspire to do, or whatever we're doing, you know, I-, I think for the most part, the majority of people, you know, say, hey, okay, my goal is while I'm doing this, my goal is to do this, my goal is to do that. So while in the industry, um, what was your goal, and and when getting into an industry that can just be sometimes risky, like what was your what was your ultimate goal once you kind of got in? Once you started making money, what was your ultimate goal at that point? The ultimate goal was to establish my name as a brand and then launch that brand onto a website and multiple websites and then also a DVD line or multiple DVD lines. Um, okay. That was the ultimate goal. But in that ultimate goal, of course, there were smaller goals to get to that point in which I, I, I got all of that, but, yeah. Okay. Certain things just don't happen how you want them. To exactly, they, they sure don't. <laughs> they sure don't. And, you know, it, it's all God's plan, and, and it, it just may not be the the best for you at that point. So I totally get it. Um, I've never been a part of the industry, you know, as I said before. But over the years, I've asked, I, I myself personally 
actively supported the industry by either renting, purchasing, or browsing via the World Wide Web, um, the many videos that, that have been made, straight and gay, actually. So tell me, um, tell me how was it when you first started, and how has it changed from your perspective when it comes to the industry? So, you know, and, and give me, you can give me the good and the bad as far as the changes that you've seen. Um, I don't, I, I, I mean, it's, it's different with different companies. Certain companies um, are just as bad as now as they were when I first started. Certain mm-hmm. companies have, um, were terrible and then were good and now are terrible again. Um, um, there is one particular site, though, that has stayed consistent over the years, um, uh, Dog Pound USA, like I've never okay. Um, a bad thing come from there, but yeah, um, it it really hasn't changed. It, it's really pretty much still the same. Because even back then, someone said in the last interview that we had, um, they just take these anybody's off the street and just pay them nickels and dimes, uh-huh. put them on camera to have sex. Okay, well they were doing that back in 2007. They were doing that back before I started doing porn. So yeah, it really hasn't changed. They were paying pennies back then. And to whoever will accept it, they'll pay pennies to now. Um, So it really hasn't changed. Now, uh, maybe in the aspect of how uh, porn stars are promoted, that has Uh changed. Um, Like, you know, the the, the parties and the flyers and them being on it and, you know what I'm saying, them being at guest appearances and all of that, that changed. But as far as the industry in itself, no, it's still the same. Now, now tell me, this is something that just came to mind, um, and you can tell me what, what it's called because I, I don't know, but I've seen, like, videos where uh, I guess they're avid uh, porn watchers, I guess, I don't know, where they have, like, a party, and it seems, they seem like it's outside, and then, like, a lot, of the, a lot of the stars, I think one of, I remember seeing someone that was from the other episode, they were on there, and it was basically they were, they were having sex in public. It seemed like it was public, even though it looked like it was private, you know. It just was public sex to me. So what, what is that called, and have you ever been a part of one of those? Um, they were having sex in public. Um, you said they were? Um, yeah, they were having sex. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, it, it it was it was closed in. Um, the the public had to have the public that was that was there uh-huh. had to have a certain pass in order to see it. Okay. But yes, it was very public. Um, I personally have never done that. All of my scenes have been um, me, the person I'm shooting with, and the cameraman. So, have you ever have you ever have you ever been presented with the option to do that? Yes, I have. Okay. Is is that is it like um is it really lucrative, you know, saying for for a model to go that route? Like is there really good money there? Um it, if the model is smart, <laughs> yes, cuz okay. the offer that was presented to me, yes, it it was very lucrative. But um I other uh people that have done it um here in Atlanta have mm-hmm. been said to not have been paid as, you know what I'm saying, as much as I was told they should have been paid or even what was offered to me to go to another state and do it. Okay. So, yeah, like I said, it it just depends on the person. Okay, okay. Um, I, I always want, want, to, want to know, and then people can act, can they bring their cell phones and videotape it? In most cases, no. In most cases, they tell you you can't use your cell phones or you shouldn't use your cell phones. 
Um, right. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I think that could just get out of hand, but <laughs> okay. All right. Well, thank you for enlightening me on that. Uh, now, on the Sex in the City show that we had back in February, I asked the panel about testing and the application process when wanting to get into the porn industry. And I know that one particular company promotes testing prior to officially becoming a porn model, and your status pretty much determines who they partner you up with. Um, now, were you tested for, like, HIV, AIDS, any other STDs when coming into the industry? And is testing something that is done regularly within the porn industry across the board, or is that just something that's, that's done sporadically or to save face? Like, give me the, the lowdown about that. When it comes down to testing, okay. yeah, it, it never happened. It has never oh. happened. Um, the, the the first time I was in porn, the company that I worked for, they never tested me, nor did they ever ask for any type of test results. Mm-hmm. Um, the last company that I worked for, um, he did over the course of the almost two years I worked for him, mm-hmm. he did ask me for um, HIV test results. Mm-hmm. But he never asked me for uh, overall STD results, or he never accompanied me to get tested or tested me himself, himself or anything like that. Um, so, to answer your question, no, no company has ever um, tested me for HIV or any STD. Hmm, that's interesting. Because I, I, when I was doing my little research and stuff, you know, like that, I, um, I know someone personally. Um, known for for a while now that uh, did porn. It was really short lived. Just did it on a whim. Wanted to know what it was about. They went and did it. Came back, you know. Hey, it's not for me or whatever. So I asked him. I said, you know, I want to know. Do they test? You know, you or whatever. He went to one of the the, the one of the known uh, companies, and uh, he said, well, yeah. He said they tested me. They took me to a clinic, and then basically when they found out my status. Uh, of course, I don't know what that is, but when they found out his status, you know, they just paired him up with someone that was him. So it, to me, that made me um, think the way it came across to me was, okay, if he's negative, he's only partnered with someone that was negative. Positive, you know, whatever. They would never intermingle or, you know, have you with a, a negative person if you're positive and vice versa. But, you know, so that's why, you know, that's I went far. You said what? That, that's a, I said that's a far. That's not true. Um, and, 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 two, um, there was another uh, well-known porn star um, mm-hmm. who went on um, publicly and said that the company's test, and I'm listening to it or, or reading it, I should say, because it was mm-hmm. in an article, uh, and that was a bold-faced lie, because he and I have worked for some of the same companies. Well, I've only worked for two companies, and he's worked for both of those companies as well. And I know damn well, just like they didn't ask me for no test, for, they, didn't, they didn't test me or um, the first company didn't ask me for any kind of test results uh, the first or second time I worked for them. And the last company that I worked for, like I said, yeah, I know what it says on the website. <laughs> I've mm-hmm. read it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that's not true. That's not true at all. Now, with, let's just say on the course of I, I remember you talking about your, um, you know, possibly going into the trap or entertainment. Let, let's think about that. You know, whether it's, it's going to happen or not going to happen, let's just be in the now. So trap or entertainment, you have, you have this company, and, of course, it's promoting, you know, adult entertainment and things of that nature. Now, be, being that you were never asked, you know, throughout your, your career, you know, and you know that it's not really, people are not really doing what they are supposed to do when it comes down to testing these individuals as they come into being a part of this, um, 
what would be your stance and how would you handle it as the as the CEO of Trap Boy Entertainment? Is that something that you're going to really be, you know, on top of? Um, you know, like how 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 would you handle it if you were the CEO? Well, actually, I had a conversation with another um, business owner. He actually owns um, a wrestling uh, organization online, and you know, he's been in the in the business for a while. Um, and I, I wanted to come off as you know, saying this company is safe. You know, we will never have uh, instances where there are slip ups with STDs and so on and so forth. But he was like, you know, you can't really say that because you can test a person the day of, but who's to say that the night before or the week before they were not having unprotected sex and that STD was lying dormant and here they are on set on your set and mm-hmm. the other person really is negative and they pass that on to that person. Well, then there you have a lawsuit because you said you were safe and right. you were not safe. Um, so all I can do or all I would be able to do in that instance of, you know, once I get that uh, popped off, if that's still the direction I choose to go in, Mm-hmm. And yes, I would be that person to take my models to the clinic, you know. Um, right. There are clinics where you can get uh, same-day results. Um, usually they're the county clinics. Um, so, yeah, mm-hmm. it, 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 it's ways to say state. And then, too, as far as HIV, there are home HIV tests that you can take now. Most definitely. So I, yeah, so, I took one the other day. <laughs> there, yes, there. There's no excuse or no reason why these companies don't really test the models. They just, mm-hmm. I mean, they just don't do it. Right. And I think at the end of the day, it, it, is, it is our responsibility as adults. We, we shouldn't have to wait for someone to force us to do it, you know what I'm saying, for whatever reason. You know, I think as adults, it is our responsibility to be responsible for our lives and, and our health. You know what I'm saying? So uh, whoever inspires to, to be, that's fine. I have no cores about that, you know, because I like to see porn. But at the same time, I think, it, you know, we should be promoting, you know, the safe sex and, and things. And we'll we'll touch on that in a second. But, you know, or at least, you know, getting your test um, results and, and knowing your status. Um, so while we are on the subject of testing and STDs, uh, now, personally, did you ever contract any STD while filming? And, like, how did that affect you during that time? And how does it actually affect you now? Um, yes, I did with the first company that I worked for, um, mm-hmm. and it happened the second time that I worked for them. Um, I had recently been tested, and I had not had sex. Um, but mm-hmm. then on that, um, towards, it, I had already contracted the STD, so it wasn't like, oh, we, we should stop the shoot and, you know, it shouldn't go on because it was, the deed was already done. But, yeah, right. it, was, um, it was gonorrhea. And I mm. saw with the shit oozing out of the boy's dick <laughs> or his penis to be political. Uh-huh. Um, and I I did say something. Like, the shoot didn't just go on, but like I said, the deed had already been done. It was nothing yeah. that could be um, done after that. So, But, yeah, I did say something. It doesn't affect me now. I mean, shit happens, like you said. You know, mm-hmm. you're an adult, you take that chance. So uh-huh. you know that there's a chance that it could happen. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, um, it, it has happened. But luckily for me, it only happened that one time. It didn't happen with the last company that I worked with. Um, I got to choose who I wanted to work with, and, yeah, so we didn't And you, you would think that somebody, if they knew their stuff is oozing out of their dick or penis, you know, we, we're rated our show, so we can say that. But, you know, if, if, okay. if, if that's the case, then, like, why would you even put yourself in that situation? You know what I'm saying? Like, 
that's the irresponsible. That's 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 what I I think is the irresponsible part of it. You know, you you knowing something ain't right down there, and you still wanting to have you know raw sex or whatever. Um, but hey, I can't. I'm not judging anybody. I'm just saying. Uh, now, do you feel videos with raw sex um, promote individuals to actually have raw sex? I think that goes back to what you said a few minutes ago. I think that adults are adults and are going to do what they want to do regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think me and Giovanni got into it a little bit at the, the last interview because he was like, we shouldn't be doing that. We should be promoting safe sex. And I'm just like this. We're entertainers. Um, right. I made the choice to have unprotected sex on camera. Um, mm-hmm. That's my choice. I've never said to anyone else, this is what you should do. It feels better or anything like that. I've always advocated having safe sex and getting tested. Um, right. Do as I say, not as I do. As I say, not as I do. As your parents or the mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah. So. Um. Yeah. No. I. I don't. Mm-mm. Well, uh, you know, with, with 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 what you know, with what you said and what Giovanni said, I I get it. But you know what I, I think about? I think about the younger generation, um, because, yeah, we are adults. So when we when we initially think that, you know, I'm 32, so when we initially think that, sometimes we think about, oh, the 25s, the 24s, you know, and up or whatever, but sometimes we don't think about the 17s and the 18-year-olds who actively, you know, watch, watch these videos. You know, now it's, it's, it's more available now because I know, like, in two, 1999, 2000, when I was 18 years old and 19 years old, you know, if I wanted to go to a site, I had to pay some money, you know, in order to, to see. Now it's you got your MyVista and you got all of that. So I think about the younger generation, the 17 and 18-year-old gay, gay guys in high school and stuff, that even though we see this, they sex and all this kind of stuff, they're still looking at, oh, there's a video. These guys are having unprotected sex, and they are in the mindset of, oh, well, I'm going to do it anyway. I ain't going to get nothing, you know, and then the end result. You may get something, you know, so I think sometimes we just collectively, whether we're in the industry or not, have to think about the younger generation and continue to promote, um, you know. But, again, as adults, you choose to do what you want to do at the end of the day, you know, but all we can do is put it out there. But then, too, go ahead. I'm sorry, I'm going to cut you off. But then, too, I mean, like I said to him, I don't, it's not my job to educate people's kids. Um, But then, too, beyond that, um, what about the straight porn that they have never worn? I've, I've yet to see the straight <laughs> porn with the condom on. You're right. <laughs> I, I don't, does that even exist? And, I mean, I don't know if it's the same for everybody else, but me coming out as a teenager into a man, I didn't look at gay porn at first. I looked at straight porn I did, first. too. I so, did, too. So, right, right. So, no, I, I think it, if it, it needs to be translated to both sides or all sides of the fence not just the gay side. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like we said, <laughs> these are adults. adults yeah, we're adults. They want. Yeah. Okay. Well, again, those out there, <laughs> I just say, I think sometimes when, like, it, I can kind of see where someone would be like, you know, here you are, a porn star, adult entertainment star, famous or whatever, and here you are, okay, guys, I want you to wrap it up, kind of this and the other. But then they may turn around and say, well, bitch, you ain't uh <laughs> How are you going to tell me to be safe when your ass is on video and not being safe, you know? So I can oh, get it from – They I, I do that to me place. all the time. <laughs> they so do I, that I, to I, me all the time. Like, I get read daily on Twitter. Wow. <laughs> well, yeah, you just go in. Uh, you, yeah. you, you go in. 
you do go in on the kids. And I be trying, you know, and what I try to do is I try to, like, if you say something, I'll try to go and say, okay, well, what transpired or what made him say this, that, but, you know, I never get to it. Um, I'm, I'm not, I'm sure not every person that you have had scenes with you were necessarily attracted to or made you, you know, horny in a sense or want to have sex. So how much are drugs and alcohol a part of getting through a scene, and how far have you gone when it pertains to drug use? Um, oh, first of all, there, I mean, that's just in the industry, period. Um, there are types of drugs. I've been on set and seen people do coke. Um, um, of course, plenty of weed. Um, the last company that I worked for, yeah, we, yeah, we would get supplied with weed um, and drink sometimes um, to make the scene better. Um, but never any, but the last company and the, all the companies I worked for, we were never supplied hard drugs, never cocaine okay. or meth or PCP or anything like that. We were offered um, marijuana or a cocktail, you know what I'm saying? But that would be as far as it goes. I've heard of other companies um, going further than that, but I've never actually worked for those companies to say whether or not they do or don't. Okay. Now, there is something called poppers. Um, again, I'm oblivious and don't know what that is. I just know that it's a little thing and people sniff it. So has that been – tell me what that is if you do know what it is. So tell me what that is and tell me what it does what it does to the person, and have you ever experienced with it? Um, I've heard of it. I've tried it. Um, I don't understand the concept of it or what it's supposed to do um, <laughs> because, yeah. Um, but it, it, I guess it's supposed to make you less tense, um, whereas I'm never really tense to begin with. Um, okay. It does kind of give you this, it does kind of give you this, feeling of euphoria maybe for a minute or two, um, mm-hmm. and then you have to sniff it again. It's, it's kind of like a fingernail polish remover. Mm, um, okay. But, yeah, it's not my, not my thing. Wasn't okay. My thing. I tried it once or twice, but, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've always wanted to know what it does. And um, I think we talked about it, th- not me and you personally, but I, I know that we talked about it in one of my Ron and Cut shows and, you know, we still, I, I don't think really, no one really, really tried it, so we still were kind of clueless as to what it does, but I, I do see that it is something that is really famous now um, when it comes down to, uh, you know, sex. And I think it's more so, well, when I first heard about it, it was more so prevalent in the, you know, Caucasian community. You know, that was something that they did, and then it kind of just went over to, you know, our community and other communities. But, okay, cool, cool, cool. So, Coke, we drink and maybe poppers <laughs> too or whatever um, during those uh, during those times. Now, were you ever forced or co- coerced into doing a scene or scenes with another person that you, you know, you just really didn't want to but you had to? Um, no, that, that's never happened. I don't, I, and that I think came up in one of the shows too. I, no, no one has ever made me do anything I didn't want to do. How could they? I'm a grown-ass man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, have you, I, I, I don't understand. I mean, if you want to say, have has someone said, oh, if you'll – now, yeah, I can say that it's where there was a particular thing that I didn't really want to do, and he said, well, here, I'll give you an extra 50 or extra 100 um, if you do it for me. And I said, okay, yeah, I'll do it in that case. But 
never a situation where I was made to or forced to. Well, why why did me? So so why didn't you want to do that particular scene? You ended up doing it because you got the hundred dollars, the extra hundred dollars. Why did you want to do it? Because I wasn't attracted to the person. Mm-hmm. But that, 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 extra, that, but that extra hundred dollars made you uh, made you attracted to him for that for that scene or what? And money, look, money speaks, right? mm. I mean, especially during the times that I mean, this is back again. This is back during two thousand seven, mm-hmm. where I needed the money to you know what I'm saying basically start my life over because right, I lost right. my job, I lost my car, I lost my apartment. So yeah, it was you got to do what you got to do. So. Um, the first price that was presented wasn't good enough. He threw in an extra hundred dollars, um, and yeah, we were good to go. So, in, so in that particular um, that particular instance, what did you do to get aroused or to to get in the mood of of doing that with someone that you really didn't you weren't attracted to? Well, most times, um, and, which is in this case, when you're topping, they'll give you um, a pill to make your dick hard. Um, oh, okay. Now, yeah, they'll work if you can get it up and it'll pretty much stay up unless, you know what I'm saying, you haven't eaten or something um, or haven't slept. But, yeah, I would just take the pill and think of something else. It would get up and we would just go ahead and do it. Yeah. All right. So what's the pill called? (laughs) Do you know? I don't remember what it's called, but I know I remember it used to come in like this. It used to be in like Chinese or uh, Uh Asian lettering. Uh Uh-huh like this little tin can and it was yellow and black and you have to take both pills. But I remember doing that one time and I didn't eat. I tell you, yeah, my dick was hard as hell, but I just kept seeing yellow fucking spots. Oh, God. <laughs> well, baby, yep, you guys out there, you know, I'm sure somebody can go and research it because I know I am, but don't try it. <laughs> but I do want to find out. I want to know what it was. Um, now, in regards to scenes, do you, do you have a favorite scene from your collection that you most enjoyed? And um, to, to counter that, uh, that particular question, uh, who is the best top in the industry that you've had the pleasure of working with? Mm, that's a good one. So, um, so, what's, so what's your favorite scene first? <laughs> okay. Um, favorite scene would have had to have been a threesome that I had um, where I was – originally outside um, with the two guys and, yeah, was going back and forth between the two of them and then ended up inside. Um, Now, the best scene partner, um, hmm, that's a hard one, too. Um, I don't know. Well, I can tell you what my scenes of you are. My favorite favorite scenes, I have, like I can remember, I think it was three of them. One of the first ones was you and Red Bull. You you know who that is. Okay. (laughs) That was a good one. Uh, The other one was you and Hot Rod in the shower. That was a good one to me. And the other one was, I guess it was like, I don't don't know if it was the, the name was like a businessman or the business trip. You know what I'm talking about? Like I was in a hotel room or whatever? Me and and Cuban. Yeah, so those are my three. And you have this thing where you bend back, where you have this favorite scene where, or this favorite position, I want to say scene, favorite position where, you know, you're getting fucked or whatever, and you, like, look back 
and you know, you know, moaning. That's like my favorite, you know. And every damn, <laughs> I think I was like, is that his damn signature? Like, which is a good signature, but it's like I see every, every time I see that, I'm like, okay, I'm good, you know. But uh, yeah, so cool. <laughs> um, out of those, out of those three, that, out of those three that you mentioned, two of them have always been in my top three. Um, the one with the Red Bull and the one with Cuban. Okay. And, and it was a toss up. It was a toss up for number three between me and Chase Cox, and me and uh, that threesome I was telling you about. With, I like uh, and Kai. I know Chase Cox. I need. To, I need to. I need to see if I can find that one. But yeah, I like. I like Chase Cox. I like him. Uh, I know him actually. Okay, so where do I want to go now? Wait, you okay. Know, like him? No, huh? <laughs> I said you know him and you like him. That's a first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you know, I, he's cool, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I met him um, at a I just, I just never heard that before. Yeah. Oh, because people don't like him? One for Chase Cox. <laughs> oh, wow. Damn, Chase. Okay. <laughs> well, now, as you know, I, you know, I'm on Twitter, and for a while I personally backed away from Twitter, um, but I definitely continue to use it, you know, as a networking tool now. And I'm sure for you it's more networking and connecting to your fans and, you know, having to tell a few people off, you know, every now and again. But I did hear that you did have some beef with maybe other models throughout the years and words were possibly exchanged mm-hmm. via Twitter. So who did you have the beef or the altercation with in the industry and why? Where did that come about? Um, okay, so I haven't talked about this in a while. Um, it was with Hot Rod. Um, and this is exactly how it happened. I tweeted about this um, when it happened. Um, long story short, um, one night he was he was here for his birthday um, a few years back, uh, 2011. Um, and basically me and a few friends were at the house playing cards, smoking, drinking, getting fucked up. And I was horny. So I knew he was in town. And I hit him up and was like, you know what I'm saying, I want to come through. Mm-hmm. So. He was like, you know, not tonight. I have friends over, um, but we can definitely get up tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, cool. Thought nothing of it. A few hours pass, and um, I get on Twitter, or actually I'm out with friend, a friend to make a pickup at like 3 o'clock in the morning. And um, I see on Twitter that his, at the time, well, at the time it was his ex. I guess they were recently broke up. I'm not mm-hmm. sure how long they had been broke up, but Angel. Um, oh, was, yeah. Um yeah, he was tweeting me a lot of nasty shit. So okay. rather than rather than respond back to him on Twitter, I had his number, so I called him. Um, he sent me the voicemail. I left a message and was like, you know, I don't understand what the issue is or what's going on. Call me back. Long story short, he never called. Um, now, as for the, the situation with Hot Rod, I, I don't know if it was whether he was being messy or if Angel went through his phone or whatever. But one of the things mm-hmm. that Angel said in one of the tweets was something to the effect of me and him being friends. And I'm like, wait a minute now. We have spoke to each other, you know what I'm saying, on trips that we were um, on together. Um, but how are we friends? You don't know anything about me. You don't even know my real name. You mm-hmm. only know me as Trap Boy or Trey. So right. everyone knows me as that. You don't know shit about me, dude. We're not friends. But anyway... And, and then, too, you're, you're like this 30-plus, 30 35-plus-year-old man. There was a much more civilized way of going about that than doing it on social media, especially if we were so-called friends. Exactly. If we were so-called friends. So, um, yeah, he got crazy about it, and it just kept – I let it go. Like, I was like, you know what, whatever he said or whatever triggered him or made him do that, 
it's fine because I didn't respond back to it for like two weeks. But then they just kept going on and on about it. Like it, it I was made to look like I was after um, Hot, Hot Rod, uh, Roderick, whatever the fuck his name is. And I, it, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't like that. Like I really just wanted some dick. So anyway, um, it goes on. I respond back, um, of course, talking about his ass and the injections and all of this shit and all of the stuff. You know what I'm saying? Just how the situation really happened. I never had anything against him. Like I, I shit, I was infatuated with him. You know what I'm saying? In the aspect, I thought he was a sexy dude. Right. Um, but when that happened, yeah, that was some bullshit because I didn't do anything wrong, and it could have just been handled totally differently. It didn't have to go down that road at all. So it, it led from something being pretty much private to it going on to Twitter and being public. So are you guys cool now, cordial, or it wasn't just... even it wasn't it wasn't even that it was it was something that was private that went into public. The story that he told was not the story that actually the way it happened. There were people there with me that night that can vouch at the fact that, you know, it was very much, like I said, asked him could I come. He said he had friends over. We could get up the next day. Had, had made plans. The friends were there. were going to drop me off at his hotel. So, uh, you know what I'm saying? He tried to make it seem like I was after him. And I'm like, come on. It just wasn't even that. Like, at that time, please, I, you was in town. It was just you were convenient. <laughs> Okay. How 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 often does it happen that um you know models uh, adult models porn models or whatever how is there is there a lot of like beef among, among you guys or you know is it more of a camaraderie or, I mean like or is it just competition like you know I'll tell you exactly what it is okay <laughs> when we are when everybody is face to face it's all hey how you blah 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 they call each other girl and. Uh, laugh in each other's face, but very much when it gets behind closed doors, the story motherfucking changes. Mm. I'm telling you, shit that I, shit that I should not know because I was not there to see, mm-hmm. I know about. Like scenes where people had things on their ass and were it, it, okay. Uh, here's here's an example. <laughs> okay. <laughs> here's an example. There was a particular scene where it was a threesome, and these three people, all three people, were supposed to be versatile. Now, okay. one of the people in the scene couldn't be versatile because he had genital warts in his ass. Okay. Now, how would I know about how would I know about this? I was not on scene. I was not on set. Now, right. of course, someone had to tell me this. Now, this someone who told me this will be on Twitter. Uh, that's my brother, and that's my boo, and taking pictures out. With I'm just, I'm, I've never been fake like that. If I don't like you, you're going to know I don't like you. Exactly. It, I mean, it's nothing personal. Mm-hmm. It's just we don't mesh. I don't have time to be fake. So, yeah, no, I don't think there's beef. I just think there's a lot of shady, fake-ass punks. Right. That's all it is. And, and I think um, but don't, but, 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 I'm sorry, don't get me wrong. Don't uh-huh. get me wrong. There are there are those good apples. I do have two two people who um I've been friends with um over the years who are in the porn industry who are not about that bullshit. Envy, he's one of my good friends. And then Roman, um he wasn't around that long because he didn't want to deal with the bullshit of the industry. But yeah, those two are still my good friends. Oh, and then of course Red Bull. That's my nigga. So, yeah, yeah, I love Rainbow. That, um, that's, my, that's my homeboy. <laughs> yes, yes. Come on, Cassidy. Okay, Cassidy. <laughs> um, 
Now, on previous shows, you uh, or in the previous show, you did indicate that your family um, that your family is supportive of what of you doing adult entertainment. Now, was it always that way? And um, was it always that way as far as them, you know, supporting you? And how did you change the views of your family members that were against this? Uh, no, it wasn't always like that. Um, when I first started, my mom was very much against it. Um, but she was part of the reason that I um, started or, you know what I'm saying, didn't have any other means but to get into, or I felt like didn't have any other means but to get into porn. Um, when I lost my apartment, when I lost my job, my car, and all of that, um, I asked her, could I come home? And she told me, no, take mm-hmm. my ass to a homeless shelter. So, <laughs> of course, that 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 wasn't going to happen. <laughs> so, yeah, that then that's why I got into the porn industry. Um, but over the years, like when I came back into it and I, before I actually went back into it, I sat down and I talked to her and I gave her my reasoning behind it. And she, from that point on, she understood why I did it and why I was doing it and, yeah, has been supportive since. Um, has even wanted to invest in me, um, but I don't believe in mixing family with business. That's just not a good thing. Have any of your family members ever seen you on film? Yes. My oh youngest my uncle, my mother, <laughs> both hmm. of them. And what did they say? <laughs> Well, my mother, my uncle, of course, my youngest uncle, he's gay. So, of okay, course, okay. Is, he's on the, the, the side of the gays where you shouldn't be doing it, da 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 My mom, on the other hand, she was very much like, you know where you get that shit from, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so um, it was very much a joke. And, you know, what's um, what's so funny, you know, like how you were saying your youngest uncle said, you know, well, you should be doing that. And what, you know, I, one of, you know, someone that I, that I know and somebody that I was telling you about earlier, you know, they came to me and said they was going to do porn and this and the other. And they asked me, you know, are you disappointed in me? Are you disappointed that I did it? This and the other. And I'm just like, no, I just thought that you had more other options. You didn't have to. You weren't in a position to do it. It was just a thing that you were fascinated, you know, fascinated about doing Porn. But, you know, I, I always um, tell people that you can't, we can't sit there and say, oh, like, if, if one of our friends or somebody said they want to do porn, especially if we watch it and we support it and we, you know, jack our dicks and all that kind of stuff to it, how dare we sit there and, and, and say, oh, that's nasty, this and the other, when, you know, 10 minutes later or a couple hours later we're watching it. You know what I'm saying? I, I just think that it's, it's, it's anyone, I mean, that's their, you know, look back to the adult situation, that's their prerogative, that's their thing, and, you know, it is what it is. I think now it's versus 2002, 3, 4, 5, 6, whatever, you know, when people didn't really have a way, and like you said, you were in a situation where it was like, hey, you know, I'm going to make this quick buck, you know, I'm going to do it, and I think a lot of people started out like that, you know, I, I, just growing up in Atlanta, a lot of people started that way. I think now it's more, you, if, if you have an if you want to do it, it's really just an option, it's just something that you possibly want to dab in. I don't think now with just how things are set up that it's just, oh, my God, I don't have no, nothing else to do but do porn or whatever, so. This is but, how, this is how. This is how I feel. This is how I feel about it. Um, and this is what I one of the conversations I posted. I think on Twitter and Facebook. I had a conversation recently with a 19 year old, and he was basically like his goal was to be a stripper. 
And okay. I was like, dude, you're 19, there's school, you get a job. And he was like, all of that other shit is hard, this is easy. And basically, I say all of that to say this. I feel like if you're in between the ages of 18 and 24, you should not be doing porn. I mean, that's just cut and dry. You should not be doing porn. You have so many other options, so many other things that you can be doing. You're fresh. You're, you're, you know what I'm saying? You're just getting your shit together. You should be mm-hmm. getting your first car, your first apartment. These are things that you should be doing. And you can do it by simply getting a job or going to school. Um, you don't have to sell your body. Now, I say that age range because when you get to 25, yeah, if shit ain't working out, come on. Yeah, you, you're pretty much old enough to say, I can do this or I can't do this, or I should or should not do this. With, you know what I'm saying? And, and fully understand the repercussions that are coming are, are going to come from it. But those ages of 18 and 24, yeah, no, you, you shouldn't be doing porn. You shouldn't be stripping. You shouldn't be doing any of that because you never know. You may decide, you know, at 18 or 19, you, you may want to strip. But when you turn 26, 27, you may want to be on TV. You may want to be an actor. And when those pictures get out, those videos get out of you being on stage with your dick and ass out, those dreams are not going to come true. It's just that simple. And as much as people want to believe that they can be the next Kim Kardashian um, and suck dick on camera and be famous, uh, really famous, not porn star famous, um, that's, that's just not going to happen. And I don't, I don't think people should think that it is, but it's not. Okay, okay. Now, I'm going to interject for just a second because I, people are hitting me up and they're saying something cut off, they can't hear. So I do have some, I have a lot of listeners that are listening right now. So for those of you that are actually calling in by phone, it's just, I just need one person. I'm going to tell you, the person I need to hit the button, the area code starts with 504, 504. I just need you to press 1 because I want to make sure that you can hear me and you can't hear us. So 504 or if your area code starts with 240, I just want to make sure that you guys can hear me. Nope. Let's see. Well, I don't know. Maybe they're not even hearing me. I mean, it's recording, so I don't know what's going on, but we'll figure it out. Um, let me jump back into Okay, so I remember you saying that you had thought or were considering <coughs> Um, coming back to the industry. And now that, you know, you're with your reignited love flame <laughs> with your partner, is that still something that you're considering or have you backed away from that idea totally? I haven't backed away from it totally, um, but there are other ideas. Um, I really am thinking about doing the youth outreach program um, because of what we just talked about in the previous conversation. Um, I do feel like I could um, be of benefit to the community um, in talking to people, letting them know what the real deal is behind the industry and, you know, just different ways to better themselves and helping them to better themselves or get to something different. You know what I'm saying? I just right. don't, like I said, that that whole age thing. But, yeah, um, but, no, the Trap Boy Entertainment thing is not totally dismissed because, um, there are other um, types of porn that I may want to do that may not be gay porn. So, okay. um, yeah, I don't. I'm not going to totally dismiss it, but that other thing is kind of weighing on me because it's just like, you know, what do you want your legacy to be? Exactly, and, and, and you know, I, I think that everybody has a purpose in life, and you know, some people find it quicker than others. 
you know, I think I, I found mine, then I left that. You know, some people will find it, know what their purpose is, but don't touch it, don't want to build on it or whatever. And then some people just find out later on. Um, and I just believe that once you find your purpose and once you know what you're good at and those life experiences of which you travel, you know, in, in your journey just within this particular industry, I think that kind of shapes, you know, what you can do because it's so, you know, people can learn from, you know, your experiences or whatever, just as we're talking now, I hope someone learns from it and, you know, get some ideas and, you know, second, you know, have some second thoughts or in regards to what they want to do if they're trying to get into this particular industry. So I think we all have a purpose. It's a matter of us just finding out what it is and, and what it is that, that we're good at. And when you do have a purpose and you have a passion for what, um, where it is, I think that's when it goes far. So I definitely wish you much success on that. I really like that second idea in regards to, the, you know, the, the youth because, um, Someone needs to talk to them, and I think you would be, you know, you among a lot of other um, uh, stars would be, you know, good advocates for it. So good luck to that. But if you do travel entertainment and, you know, you know, you can do that too. I support you in whatever you do. And I think that, I mean, you could probably tell me if I'm wrong or not, but I think uh, heterosexual or straight porn is more lucrative than gay porn. What do you think? It is. Um, but I was still thinking about going in a different direction. But, yeah, I don't want to talk too much, but yeah, it is, it is more lucrative than, um, than gay porn. Okay, okay. Um, let's, uh, let me me read over this before I ask you. Uh, (laughs) uh, Okay, yeah, let's talk, let's talk really quickly about the Raw and Uncut show or the Sex in the City show that we did, um, where we had, you know, Hot Rod, Romeo, Domino Star, Giovanni, you know, on the show, and even Day Day called in <laughs> or whatever, being a fool. Uh, during the show, how did you initially feel? Like, how did you feel during the show? And afterwards, after you went back and you listened to the show, how did you feel? I just felt like um, certain people were not being real. I feel like certain things um, that were being said about certain companies and their testing policies were not true. Um, mm-hmm. simply because I know a lot of people that have been down to that company um, and clearly were not tested. Um, but, yeah, um, and, and, yeah, it was just a lot of things that were not true, and I just – that's why I was, like, far off. Like, I was like, okay, I didn't want to be rude, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I didn't want to dig out that old side of me, although Giovanni almost pulled it out. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't. I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to be that person. So I just felt it best to respond or get in where I could, versus over talking them and forcing um, people to hear me. Okay. Okay. Um, well, I was drained. <laughs> I was drained. Uh, you know, just for the lack of. Um, I was. I don't tell people, but I, I think I'm going to have to start telling people, um, just put it out there. This is real real talk, you know. I think that when you do an interview, whether it's whether it's for a professional job, corporate job, or whatever, you know, whenever you do, or, you know, someone, your, your celebrity, somebody's getting to know you, you know, I think a lot of times you can sway or you, it's all about telling people who you are and, and your brand, you know, and I think that especially when you are, because no matter if you do porn, you are you're more than just that, you know. And I I don't think anyone just wants to be known as oh that's the person that does porn, you know. So I think that when you get the opportunity or you get the platform to where you can speak on certain things intelligently, you know, um, 
that it, it makes people think twice about who they thought you were. You know, that, that's your opportunity. You know, when, even when you meet somebody on the elevator, you know, you talk to them or whatever, you have those few seconds, you know, um, to really capture them and for them to really, you know, say, oh, okay, well, I didn't, I thought you was this way and you're really not that way, you know. So I, I just felt like people didn't capitalize on what, I mean, because we had 36,000 streams, and, 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 and half of that was done in a matter of 24 hours. You know what I'm saying? So it touched a lot of people. So I just felt like some people wasted the opportunity. That was, at, at the end of the day, I, thought, I feel some people wasted it. And I know, knowing you and I and knowing how truthful, you know, from my conversation with other people you are, I just felt like, okay, we got to have you back. And then, you know, we had the conversation of you coming to the show again and just, you know, being truthful. And, and that's what I needed. I needed someone that was going to be truthful and honest because that's what we that's what we tune tune into the show for. Not for someone to be fake and phony or, you know, try to be this when they're totally not. But that those are my views on it and I think we kinda feel the same way. Um, and I totally understand you and yet oh, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally understand you and I agree with you. Um there are some of us um in the industry and I myself am guilty of uh maybe getting the big head too at a certain point. Um, but some people get the big head and just don't know. Um, they don't come to reality. Like, like you're really not really a real celebrity. Um, mm-hmm. Just, I mean, what, what are you really famous for? Okay, you're fucking on film. Everyone knows how to fuck. You're right. Not, you don't. You didn't. You didn't sing. You don't have a voice. You're not a great actor. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's not right. like you really are doing something that's worthy of. Accolade, honestly, I mean, mm-hmm. I, if it wasn't for social media, people still wouldn't be interested in talking to porn stars. Let's be real about it. Yeah, um, yeah. But um, some people, um, and like I said, I've been guilty of it myself uh, in the past. Um, but some people just don't know how to let it go. They don't. They don't come to reality. They really, they really live their life in the character that they portray on film versus the person that they are or mm-hmm. were born as. I should say. Um, yeah, and, yeah, that's just not... That's you know, like I always would say with, with, with in pageantry, because I'm, I'm highly, you know, I'm into that, like I always tell people or ask people, you know, when the lights are off the stage, there's no there's no uh, cameras, there's nobody in the audience, there's, there's, I mean, you're home, who are you? You know, you can't, you can't be that same, uh, you can't be that same person 24-7, you, who, who you turn on when you're outside and you're in the public and you're, hey, you know, or whatever, you are somebody totally different at home. We all have to turn it on sometimes when we don't want to. So really, who are you? You know what I'm saying? That's what I just wanted to, to translate on that mm-hmm. interview. I wanted people some to of them, just be themselves. Some of them, that's what I'm telling you, some of them, it doesn't change. Some of them are that way. <laughs> you see on camera that boring-ass, bland person who doesn't yeah. say anything and it's just something. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. that same person they are at home. But then when they get around people, oh, they become the life of the party. They become this glamorous person that, I mean, you just be like, okay, wait a minute. But then, and then, too, you know what gets me about these guys in porn? Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not by far the most masculine dude in, in, in creation. But I promise you, there are a handful of dudes in porn to where when you see them on film and they're being masculine, they're actually masculine in real life. The rest of them are ladies. Give, give, give me, give me one, give me one masculine man. 
more masculine man. Um, Ace Rockwood. You know, you know. Okay, so Ace. So I had a list of names here, and I said I wanted to play a game, and I was going to ask you what was the first thing that came to mind when you um, when you heard these names. So I'm going to play that really really quickly. Um, it's not <laughs> nobody that it's nobody that we talked about. Uh, or whatever, or, you know, with a part of the show. So Ace Rockwood, what's the first thing that you think of him? Uh, what was the first thing that comes to mind when you hear his name? Um, uh, a few things. Um, uh, I'm going to be a little positive and a little shady, if that's how you want to take it, but I'm going to be completely honest. Okay. Um, he is, he's very, he's very smart. Um, he, when it comes to the industry and his ideas, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, great, perfect, no flaws out. He has unbelievable ideas and, I mean, really is gorgeous and sexy like that in real life. But with me parting from the last company that I worked with, I got a chance to see the type of person he really was. And to sum it up, I just think he's a hypocrite. Okay. What about Shorty J? I don't know him. Um, Mm -hmm. Never really been into his film, Mm -hmm. but, yeah, I've seen him. Okay, I you know he was he was the one that I was um that was like my like I I like lusted over him for so long for many many years and then he fell off I don't know where, where he's at what he's doing or whatever you know wish him well whatever he's doing but yeah he's one of my favorites um what about yeah, I've heard about him what about romance oh wow um hmm <laughs> um. Personally, cool dude. Honestly, like cool dude. Um, but you remember when I said that certain people get this attitude about themselves where they think that they are just the shit, and yeah. no one thinks worse than them. Well, he had one of those episodes, just like I did. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm not absent. He had one of those episodes, and that's kind of why you saw him kind of dwindle. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, because yeah, it was it was getting to be too much. Like, come on now, you 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 hot. Don't don't get it wrong. I'm not saying you're not. You are hot, but to the level of you thinking how hot you are, you're not there. And that wasn't okay. said by me. That was said by the person we were working for. And I guess he took it some kind of way. But I I would agree with the person that we were working for. He really was. <laughs> He was acting like, you know, he was Tiger Tyson, and mm-mm, nope. Mm. Now, speaking of Tiger Tyson, have you ever met him? No. Mm. Would you have wanted to do a scene with him? <laughs> yeah. That would, look, that would be the one person who would definitely pull me back in. <laughs> okay, and why? Why would you want to have a scene with him? That's, that's just, uh, you know, I think when everyone goes into the industry, they have that one person that they just have to or want to. Mm-hmm. Um, with and for me, it, that he's just always been that person. Now, let me ask you a question, Rick, because I, I know that you know you you're um, back with your partner, and you guys have been off and on, you know, for five years. But we're praying for a steady on um, this time. <laughs> so, my my question to you is, how does that how does that work? Um, being in the being in the industry and having a lover, like how how does he take that? How does he you know, take all that in in regards to my my nigga is fucking somebody else on film. Like so, like you know, how does he handle yeah. that? 
during, and he, we actually worked together um, during uh, the last period, the last stint. Um, oh, okay. And he, yeah, he, um, he, he understood that for me it was just business. Like I okay. didn't, these people didn't have my phone. I mean, it was, it was a few of them that maybe did have my number, but we didn't talk every day or, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't like there was this camaraderie there that, you know what I'm saying? Um, that came later on, but no, he stuck by me through it. He understood that for me it was just business, and it was nothing more. When I came home to him, I came home to him. That was just to go make that money, and shit, we spent it together. <laughs> so so, so uh, do you think it helps the fact that he was a part or he did something in the industry? you think that, that kind of helped? Who? Because didn't you say y'all did something Who? together? Your your partner. Oh, no, my dude is no. Oh, okay, partner. yeah. Because when you said, "Well, he did something my last, um, my last company," I was like, "Oh, so he does porn too." <laughs> okay. No, so. no, he was he was around for. Oh, that gotcha, gotcha. Okay, I gotcha. I understand. Okay. All right. Just wanted to know how you know how that worked, how that worked out. Um, but you know, I, I think you know if he understands, or just in general, if people understand that, hey, this is a business. This is what I do. This is my job. But when I come home, it's all you. I mean, I think it takes a strong but, kind of, strong man to withstand that. He's a very strong man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and there were some other things going on during that time, too, that he, you know what I'm saying, stuck by me through. But, I mean, it did weigh on the relationship, and at which time we did end up breaking up, but then, of course, just recently got back together. Um, but, I mean, yeah, real love endures. <laughs> Most definitely. I, I can agree with you on that. Now, while, while being an active model, I know you visited various cities, states across the country. So which city or state did you enjoy the most, and which one did you enjoy the least? And, and give us a reason as to why you liked it and why you disliked. Um, that's, well, that's a hard one, too. Um, but off the bat, I'm going to have to say my favorite city, and people, I know people are going to be like, what the fuck? My favorite city to visit was probably Detroit. Okay. Um, I was only there. I was only there for like 24 hours. But when I tell you that crowd was live and that place was packed, and what made it even better, like the fact you remember the whole little shit with Hot Rod and Angel, they yeah. Had all that the bullshit, but they were in town too at the Woodward, and nobody was there. Everybody was at my event, so that was like the fucking icing on the cake. <laughs> so 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 I'm sure it was so at this so at these events because I remember seeing um, Domino Star at one uh, Labor Day weekend a couple years ago in Chicago and I just remember you know they were giving out videos and I every 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 like five or ten minutes I would walk up and I get a video and I and I left out there with like ten videos I had to give to like half of them to somebody else they were started started to become duplicates but so was that something that you did as far as like when you go to these events that you you hand out videos like what do you do when you go to these um or what what did you do when you would go to these events what was your um, and um i would ha- i would hand well we i would get my my own area um okay so some little sectioned off area um and then in that area i would sign autographs take pictures with people give out dvds and then in most of the appearances i would be uh on the mic uh as a guest um uh Whatever you, what are they called? A host or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Guest host and probably judging some type of competition that's for money. Okay. So, so regardless if you if you like to 
you know, think of yourself as a celebrity or not. You are, you know, you are. I mean, I don't, I don't. They, they don't have me um, <laughs> with my own booth signing <laughs> nothing, or you know what I'm saying. So I, I, you are a celebrity, whether you whether you want to accept it or not. You are somewhat of a celebrity in within the community, the LGBTQ community. You are you are a celebrity. You may not be a, a nationally known or internationally known um, celebrity, but you're a celebrity. You know, so you know, accept that. <laughs> yeah, you go. I'm sure you'll even if you leave the game or totally, uh, you're going to be a celebrity. Okay. So what was the what was the city that you did not like and why? Um, the worst. I I would have to say Palm Springs. Um. Okay. And like, I, let me clarify on that. Like the first year, it was cool. Um, the second time, it was bullshit. Um. Was it the promoters? It, 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 it was, it was it was the over, it was everything it was just all wrong it was aggravating it was too much going on things were not set up correctly things were not done correctly i mean it was just i just it, I, nope and that's why i don't like when people ask me am i going to attend again i usually don't respond or say anything about it mm-hmm. um because it was just it was just a horrible experience. It really, really was. So was it was this an annual event or something that happens down there? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. It was. And you, you actually see? asked me about it earlier. Oh, oh, it, that event. That event. Yes. With the people. Now the people that particular that <laughs> yes. Now that that particular year it was it was good. It was awesome. It was fun. Okay. But the year after that, it was basically like it just turned into a horror fest. Like, the year prior to that, it was like there were things to do, you know what I'm saying, besides just people having sex and fucking everywhere. But this particular time, it was just like, oh, my God, these are just a bunch of horny ass men who just came over here to fuck and get fucked. Right. I don't, I I like to do stuff and, you know, be entertained beyond sex. I'm sorry. Life Mm -hmm. consists of more than just that. Um, But, yeah, it pretty much turned into that, and, yeah, I'm good on that. So you know how they say, like, strippers, you know, they'll strip or whatever and entertain, and then, like, later on, or they, you can pay them so, you know, so much to go into a back room and then you can have sex with them. Is that something that happens also with um, porn stars, too? As far as, like, when we do appearances and stuff? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, they escort wherever you go. I've never escorted. Um I just, I, I tried, don't get me wrong, but what I think we should get paid is totally not what people are getting paid. Um, so I just couldn't lower myself to do it for those amounts of money. And then, too, there were two people in particular that were here in Atlanta with me for a shoot, um, and I know for a fact that they fucked this old, fat white man for $200 a piece, and mm. I just couldn't. Mm-mm, I'm good on that. Um, yeah. But so so to answer your question, yeah, they they, okay. get, they get pulled off to uh, uh, do a little something nasty, do something strange for a piece of change. Do you okay? Do <laughs> something strange for a piece of change. I cannot with you. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to uh, – I, I will allow um, – if anyone has a question and it's uh, not too invasive, you know, because my questions haven't even been that invasive, I don't think. But if anyone has any questions or whatever, if you do, you can press 1 now, um, and I'll take, you know, just a few of those. If you have 
any. But um, while I'm waiting, you know, again, if you have a question, you can go ahead and press 1 now, and I'll buzz you in. But I do want to ask you this. Um, there are many people who still have a strong desire to be a part of the industry, okay? And I just want you to give those listening now or who will actually listen later um, your advice on stepping into the industry and what would you consider the do's and the don'ts of the industry if they did decide to make that step? And I know we talked a lot about certain things, but just to kind of wrap it up, you know, what advice would you give someone that's thinking about going into it and, and what would you say are the do's and the don'ts? Um, uh, I, I basically, I mean, don't be so anxious. Make it, make it your last option. Um, you know what I'm saying? If you're struggling and you just don't see a way out, um, and this is an option for you because some people believe that just because you're having sex on camera and that's it, they think that that's it. Like they think that they see other people who maybe don't look like me or Giovanni or Hot Rod and think that it's easy, it'll be easy for them to get into the industry too, and it's not always that way. Um, certain companies are selective over the people they choose, and there are some that are not. Um, however, I would say that I, it was a life lesson learned. Um, mm -hmm. It doesn't – I don't want to say that I, I wouldn't do it the same because it taught me a lot. I learned a lot. I went through a lot, and I learned a lot. Um, and I believe it's turned me into this awesome person that I am today. Um, but I would not ever suggest that someone enter the world of porn. Um, like I said earlier, if you're about 25 and you know what I'm saying, you made that decision that that's something that you want to do, shit, go for it. You know, you're, I think you're at that age where, you know, you can make a real adult decision and decide if you want to um, give up on never being able to run for a political office or give up uh, ever being able to be on uh, a, a or have a reoccurring role on a hit TV show um, or, you know, just, just it, it takes away so many possibilities um, and you're stuck in that one box. So what you're basically left with is if you're going to do it, then, okay, what is it going to take you to? Are you going to start your own company? How are you going to do that? And right. I can personally tell you from my experience, the money that you need to start your company correctly mm -hmm. is not easy to come across. It's not you, – you, you try to – you show people numbers, you show them the fan bases, you give them business plans, you talk to them, and um, they, they say they're going to go with you. Um, but it doesn't always turn out – it's not easy to start your own company. I'll just say that. Um, so I would just say it's best to have a plan um, and, and, again, make it a last option. Um, don't, don't just off of a whim say, oh, uh, Trap Boy became this popular person because of this and I can do the same. It's not like that at all. Everybody does not get um, promoted the same. Everyone does not get the notoriety, the same notoriety. Uh, and, you know, you just may not be that person. But, again, I cannot stress it enough, make it a last option. Um, don't just think that it's all glitz and <laughs> glitter and glory. It's definitely not. It has its headaches. I promise you I get read every day on Twitter. 
Um, and it, it, it used to bother me, but, I mean, as you get older, these people don't know you. Um, right. Now, I'll say something. I'll say something catty, but not directly to them. Um, but, yeah, it's just not that serious. And I've gotten used to it. I've, shit, it's been happening for so long now. It just, yeah, it just doesn't bother you anymore. And I think but, when, yeah, it's, no, go ahead. If you um if you can't deal if you, if you're one of those type of people that cares about what people think, you might as well just not even don't even bother. For the rest of your life, people are gonna talk shit regardless of where you make it, how you make it, how you get there. It just doesn't matter. Right. And, and I, I I was you know I, I remember someone saying years ago that you know certain types of fame you know pays the price. You know, whatever that price is, say you had some highs and you had some lows, so you have to think about that. <laughs> For the younger generation that you know are, are trying to or thinking about it, when we were talking about that, because I something I wanted to say earlier, you know, when, when they were thinking when you said the eighteen, if you're eight between eighteen and twenty-four, you need to be working and doing this and doing that, and not thinking about doing porn. I just would say to to those individuals as well is that you have to think about the latter. You have to because I think right now for a lot of things, people are living in the now. They live in the now and not think about, they don't even think about, oh, am I going to make it till I'm 30? Am I going to be 40 years old? Am I going to make it till I'm 50? They just think, I'm just living into now. It is what it is. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. But don't necessarily think that, depends on the type of person that you are, it can affect you really bad. It, it can affect you in a negative way, you know, to where you will feel like you will never, you can never get out of what some people may say is a shame or, or whatever the case may be. It takes a strong type of individual to, I would say, be in that industry and to withstand the industry and to remain relevant or, um, to remain relevant in the event that they are not a part of the industry anymore. So I give you kudos to, to you for that. Um, and I guess uh, people are scared or, you know, they don't have no questions. They just want to listen. So we don't have any questions, but I, I will say this before we do the closing of the show. Um, is there anything that you would like to, because we do have some minutes, so uh, we have a few, but I just want uh, to know, is there anything that you want to say to get out there that we didn't get to talk about that you feel though needs to be addressed um, before we, you know, end tonight? Um, no, not really. I think you pretty much cover everything. Um, I just, again, want to stress that, you know, because I often get hit up uh, by people who are interested in doing porn who are below the age of 25, and I just want to, if those type of people are listening or will listen at some point, um, I just want to stress that, you know, it may seem like it's hard to get a job or it may feel like, you know, it's not going to happen, but just keep trying, keep trying, keep trying. Um, and make something like what I did a last option because that's what it was for me. It was the last option. Um, I don't regret it. It taught me a lot. It made me a stronger, better person. Um, but uh, I would, if I had to do it all over again, I would do it differently. Yeah. What 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 would you do differently? A few things. Not just not even just with that the the porn thing. Just in life. Period. I think we all have those you know, types of things that, you know, and that seems like I think it didn't just start with me losing everything. I think it goes a little bit further back to maybe a relationship that I had or, you know what I'm saying, relationships that I had that I maybe should not have had. I should have been associating with a different class of people. You know what I'm saying? You, as you right. get older, you start thinking about stuff like this. But when you're young, 
like you said, you live for that moment. You live for, look, I need this money. I need it now. It's got to happen. I can't see myself doing that. You know what I'm saying? But when shit get real rough, you know, it just, you just got to do what you got to do. Um, well, but yeah, I, I will say this. <laughs> I'm going to bring somebody on the line because I think they have a question. I don't know who they are, <laughs> but they have a question, so I'm bringing them on. Uh, 504 you're on the line with Micah and Trap Boy. Um, tell me your name, where you're calling from, and your question. Ricky, and I'm calling from New Orleans. And my question okay, is, hi. you said that you, he, he said that he didn't regret it, and I can understand him doing it for the last resort. As as a way to as a way to make money because I ended up doing something as a last resort to make money, but what I chose to do it ended it I ended up in prison because of it. So mm-hmm. and, and I do regret it. Are you absolutely sure that you don't regret it? I mean because um ah go ahead. And, and I'm not judging, but from. If I had to do something like that, I would be ashamed the whole time I was doing it, and the whole time I would regret it. I regret it. I would. I would regret doing it before, doing, and after. Um, to answer your question again, um, I've always felt a certain type of way about it, um, but never regretting it because if you've ex- the things that I've experienced, you know what I'm saying. It wasn't. It was something that yes, it was the last resort. But having sex to me back then was fun. Like it wasn't. That's why it's not regrettable because it's it's not something that if I had a, another option that I would have done. But I could have easily seen myself doing it, which is why it was a last resort. If I couldn't, if I if the application didn't go through, if the person that I was dealing with wasn't cool with Thugzilla, and I wasn't, you know, what I'm saying pushed to the front of the line. Who knows where I might have ended up? I might have been sleeping on a bench somewhere downtown. I might have been sleeping under a bridge. So that's just how bad it had got. So, no, I don't regret it. It was a life-learning experience. I did what I had to do. Um, It wasn't, yeah, I don't, no, I don't regret it at all. Um, But if I could change it, if if there, like I said, if there was another option, um, yeah, I would have took that other option. All right. So did you answer your question, sir? Yeah, okay, one last question I can go. So, um Go ahead. By you not regretting regretting it, do you do you feel that you may have taken the, the easy way out and, and just shut up for it being your last option? Um, no, because it really was the last option. Um now as I got into the industry I learned other things, like I learned how to sell weed. Um so <laughs> in Trap <the> boy. <laughs> exactly. I'm just saying I did. Um, so, and me, and me stopping for those three years, that was something that I did when I moved up north. I used to mm-hmm. sell weed. So mm-hmm. my uncle used to sell it. He taught me how to sell it. So that was something I did. Um, now, when I moved back here, I, my mom lives here. So, no, she's not having that. I know if I go to jail, she's not going to bail me out. Her money does not go to jail. Um, that, so that wasn't an option down here. So when I came back, I was able to actually find employment um, and maintain employment um, since then up until now. Um, so, no, again, I don't regret it. And, yeah, I, it's not it's not something that burdens me. I go to work every day just like you or if you go to work. Uh, 
eight hours, nine hours with that one-hour lunch break. People know who I am. They speak. They acknowledge it. But um, from my experience in the past year and working for the company that I work for, the people that do know um, are adults, and they don't, you know, broadcast it or make a big deal about it. Right. Um, there even been there even been women, which is strange to me, <laughs> that have come in and known who I am. So, no, it's not it's not that big of a deal. Like real adults, it's really just I'm just another human being, and they see that because I'm working my ass off. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so very much, caller. Appreciate you calling in and asking the question. Thanks. All right, um, one more caller, um, 313-5099, 313-5099. You're on the line with Micah and Trap Boy. Could you please state your name, where you're calling from, and your question, please? Uh, yeah, Jay, Detroit, Michigan. Oh, hi, Jay. Yeah, um, it's not okay. really a question as mm-hmm. uh, a comment. Um, I really admire you for, you know, coming forth and, you know, saying that you don't regret it, you know, because a lot of people who, it's a lot of us out here who have done things and it might not have been to that extreme who regret will be that day or every day until now that we can honestly say that we regret it, but I just really admire you for saying that you don't regret it. You did what you had to do to support yourself. Um, to not be a statistic, to just be, um, you know, who you are, and, and I appreciate that. Thank you. I appreciate you for listening. Um, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Life is life, and you just never know what it's going to throw at you, and you just got to roll with it, shit. It is what it is. Amen. Yeah. Well, thank you so very much, Jay, for um, for calling in. We appreciate you. All right. You guys have a great night. Thank you. You too. Oof. All right. Well, I think Michael, you that sound is... tired. <laughs> no, midnight love voice. That was my midnight love voice. No, I'm not tired. Oh, okay. No, not at all. But um, I, you know, was there any last words before um my my closing plays for for the people? No, that will be all. I appreciate you for having me on. It's always a pleasure. Oops. Ah. Well, you know what? We got one. I'm, we're going to take one more, okay? Because we're going to take one more. It's from New Orleans. I like my New Orleans. <laughs> okay. So we're going to take one more. And then right after we finish that, we're going to go ahead and close it out. Um, but no, not a problem. You know, I, I'm, I'm enjoying this, and I, I thank you so very much for, for being a part of the show. So give me one second here, 504-1415, 504-1415. You are now on the line with Mike and Trap Boy. Please state your name, where you're calling from, and your question, please. Hello, five zero four fourteen fifteen. Oh, okay. Well, that's okay. <laughs> they don't have a question. Right. I... That's perfectly fine. So what we're going to do at this point, um, and I, I, I encourage all of you to to listen to um, the closing of the show. Of course, I always do a quote of the week, and so I definitely want you guys to hear that. Um, so just hold the line for me. Thank you guys again for always staying tuned in and tuned to the talk with Mike and friends. I want to thank Trap Boy again for taking the time out to share his story, and I hope that all of which was discussed on tonight is not only an eye-opener, but it becomes somewhat of a roadmap to those who are interested in working in the adult entertainment industry. Um, Now, as you all know, I have to give you a quote of the week, and because we didn't air last week, I actually have two. And actually, the two quotes go hand in hand. 
The first quote, don't ever sacrifice your dreams for someone. If they care enough, they will stand by your side and live your dream with you. I repeat, don't ever sacrifice your dreams for someone. If they care enough, they will stand by your side and live your dream with you. Second quote, keep no company around you that you cannot build with or learn from. Space is limited and time is of the essence. Again, keep no company around you that you cannot build with or learn from. Space is limited and time is of the essence. Until next time, everyone, you guys be blessed.